Hello pod people and welcome to episode 4 of the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies, the aspirational podcast for hopeless people. I'm your host Donna Scott, a stand-up comedian who is still being made by life to do an awful lot of sitting down. This week I am still very much in recovery mode like the blue screen with the big font you get when you restart your computer and um, you know not quite as good as I should be but I've got some excellent upcoming interviews for you I'm just, I've been arranging them it's just that I haven't been well enough to actually get them done but I have got upcoming interviews to come with comedians theatre set designers writers artists honestly they're on their way as soon as I can get in a room with people and record them or arrange a Skype with them and I'm looking for more and more people for my podcast so if you'd like to get involved jump in I'd love to hear from you this week it's been a really odd week as I've been mostly sitting down and watching the world from my window and it's been a good week for that I'm I'm a bit like Jimmy Stewart in the rear window sort of like very nosy very judgmental, spying on all my neighbours. I don't think anyone's been murdered, but um, <laughs> there has been some really weird stuff going on. It's been proper Twin Peaks down in my street. I have ventured out of the house a couple of times to go to the ice cream van, which usually very conveniently stops just outside my house. I think it knows there's a reliable source of income, so it knows where to stop. But it's when I have left the house in, in slippers to go and get ice cream which is usually in the cone, by the way, because I'm very, very uh, conscious about the environmental impact of, of buying your ice cream in tubs with the little plastic spoons. Don't do it, people. Yeah, I've been venturing out, and as I've blinked down the street, I have seen some really weird things. There was a giant panda in my street the other day. Seriously. I um, down by the Working Men's Club, just, just a giant panda. In inflatable, sort of like inflatable costumes, somebody a giant panda, but I don't know what that was for I mean nobody else seemed to be dressed as animals or anything else around him it's just just a giant panda out there for a smoke oh yeah I I did mention this on my Facebook page but there was a really really weird thing a couple of days ago all the students are moving in in the studenty houses in my street so I'm quite relieved as well because I did have um this is my judgmental face again but there was a couple of well a few students in in a house a couple of doors away from me and my goodness they smoked so much pot they made my house smell I, I'm not even next door I'm like two doors down and they would smoke so much my my house would reek of it it was really really bad I mean very porous my walls but people say that you know pot is supposed to make you really really chilled not these guys they were totally paranoid all the time and they were constantly arguing and those arguments would spill out into the street you know even the landlord came down to sort of mediate an argument you know you never see landlords they just stay away they, they just let things happen yeah my husband tells me i'm very very judgmental towards these people and i was like but i'm like they don't recycle they don't recycle neil i mean the reason i got chucked out of a house when i was a student was because if anything we were a little bit too good at recycling and they came down and did a house inspection and saw a load of milk bottles that we got and beer bottles that we were going to take in a trolley to the to the glass bottle bank and they reported that saying is we'd allowed rubbish to accumulate no we had recycling we were very good at it <laughs> also we, we got kicked out of our house because apparently we were satanists 
Yeah, Satanists. Um, well, I think that might have been my friend Sarah, who's a goth, and she had a Sisters of Mercy poster on the wall. Apart from that, I've no idea what on earth they, that they thought might be Satanist about us. But yeah, my neighbours, then, then they weren't great students. They were, t- they, were, they were always arguing in the street. And you, if, if you go in the garden to escape them, they, they decided to, to run those arguments back through the house and back out into the garden again. So it was like very noisy. Also, one of the students, he would love to sit in the window of, of his friend's bedroom because the, having the window open was a good idea when you smoke a lot of pot. But he would just be sitting there and he would be wearing very baggy trousers, very loose. And he he just never realised that he'd pulled them and his pants down as he sat in the window. And there were several times you'd walk past the house and you'd get, you know, full moon in your face. Um, so, and I did think about it sometimes shouting up and saying, young man, young man, your trousers, uh, put your pants up, do something. <laughs> I can, is that is that what I can smell? Um, but I, I never did. I'm a little bit trepidatious of uh, causing offence. <laughs> well, I, I take plenty though. So hopefully the new students who've moved in are better. But I, I would notice I went to the ice cream van and he was like staring at um, the door down the road, and and there was like just a load of stuff piled against the steps. It looked like somebody had had a row uh, and very specifically thrown out the things that had a, a row with but they could only maybe get to their stuff from the kitchen so there was like a purple cloth and there was like pans and roasting tins and a massive grater it's the, the, the biggest grater i have ever seen great uh, <laughs> and the ice cream van was just basically staring at it and i, I was like stood by the van for quite a while and I mean I mean it does take me a while to cross the road because I'm in a lot of pain but I was like hello ice cream and it was like oh looks like someone's just got chucked out and I said students because that is both a question and an answer and um yeah so I think that was a students moving in day thing so I went back inside my ice cream and then not long after somebody knocked on my door it was a woman and she said hello I'm from the fish and I'm just doing a radio survey, so a radio listener survey. And I'm interested in talking to anybody in the house who might be between the ages of 18 and 24. Or, you know, is that is that you? Oh, that's a shame. I was, you were looking hopeful. I was like, oh, flattery. Uh, there is a gentleman in the house who's under the age of 34. Uh, and I was like, no. Um, although I was thinking, that's, that's typical, isn't it? It's like... Older, younger men get to be younger than younger, younger women. It's terrible, typical. And she said, uh, and then I was like, oh, that's a shame. I was I was very hopeful that there'd be um, something. And I said, oh, I think there are some students just down the road because <laughs> they're just moving in. And she went, oh, okay, I'll try there. And then she just turned round and there was a man in a van behind her and he was like sitting in the back of this van and he got his legs sort of wrapped around this fish tank and it was like half full this fish tank with just one sad little goldfish in it and she said oh it's not working the fish isn't working it isn't pulling them in and I'm like fish fish uh and then I just saw this fish tank it looked so pathetic and I said to the guy 
Oh, it's been raining. You might want to like open the top of that fish tank because that fish looks like it needs more water. And he just stared at me. And um, I went back inside, closed the door. And then I thought, is this real? Have I just... Is this, did that really just happen? Did she just say, I'm from the fish? And I noticed that there was a lot of movement going past my window. So I went back to my door and opened it again. And the van with the fish in it was just a man and some stuff that was being moved into another student house a little bit down the road. My street is very weird. Another really weird thing about my street is the businesses on my street. There are only a couple of them. Uh, there's the Working Men's Club, which is very good. And opposite that, there's an employment agency. Uh, the employment agency um, is on the corner. And I've only been here 10 years, but I've been told reliably that it used to be a bit of a brothel. <laughs> yeah, because I have a really, really classy street. Um, yeah, but I've been told, yeah, like it was definitely being run as a brothel. And but now it's an employment agency that sort of like does jobs for truck drivers and things like that, and it's just chosen a really unfortunate name because it's called Rapier Employment. <laughs> it means like the sword, <laughs> a rapier, steel, sharp. But you know, as it used to be a brothel, <laughs> not the only one on my street. <laughs> Perhaps more worryingly, people are concerned about this really, really harmless, like uh, horse supplies. Uh, and dog hairdressing business on the other side of the of the road uh, and that's called groomers <laughs> so we've got rapier employment and groomers so yeah you know where i live now <laughs> don't come and harass me i love my street it's a great street we we used to have a person here who hung their their flag, their St George's flag, out the windows. But honestly, those other students with the smoke, they they chased them away. So you know, it's good street. It's really good street now. <laughs> but it has been a pretty big week for me this week. I've been to hospital, and the the bag of pits has been removed. <laughs> yes, so I had the, the the catheter out on Tuesday, and um, yeah, so I'm free. To do what I want. Except it's been really painful ever since. <laughs> if you ever have to go and do a twock. Um, which is, as I said last week, taken without consent. Or taken with totally my consent. Trial without a catheter. Um, then you have to go in. And it takes about three, four hours. Because you have to go in and basically do three successful wees for them. <laughs> but they were lovely. They were so lovely with me. And um, the the urologists who were helping me they kept saying really great things like oh you've got a gold star for this one i'm like mm, is there any other color for we and this week i've also been to the gps and the nurse took out my staples and um you know you've got a lot of staples when she looks at you and she says are you sure you won't don't want to do this in two or three sessions you know because there's a lot of staples here and I'm like, yeah, just just go for it. And um, Neil C was very proud of me because I only squeezed his hand in absolute agony twice. <laughs> but I did it. There were about 50 staples. You know also that it's quite gru gruesome when she says, right, they're all out now. I'm going to cover it again with a dressing. Leave that for a few more days. <laughs> 
so I did I left it until Saturday before I removed the dressing and um oh my god it's grim I can now see what I look like I do have a belly button that's a relief but my belly button also has a stitch in it and I don't know if that's going to dissolve or not or it's just basically just sticking out um I'm a bit concerned I might have to phone them in a bit and say am I supposed to have a stitch still in this there was also quite a lot of it was, was green uh, and Neil says I can't tell I'm colour blind but he helped me clean it up and yeah that's probably a bit TMI isn't it but on the plus side I no longer look like a nightdress case and gradually my appetite has been retur- returning a little bit which has been really really good because I love food but it's not been so good because my digestive system really hasn't caught up with my appetite yet so I'm not really not feeling very good about eating still and I have lost I think a little lost a little bit of weight but it's very hard to tell because I'm so lumpy and now that my dressing is removed I can also see that when they took away the fat pad from my stomach they took slightly more away from my left hand side than they did my right hand side so I've got an uneven body I'm asymmetrical after I got my staples removed I got treated to a lovely ice cream at Casper's but um, the thing was massive and I couldn't finish it and then afterwards I just I found my ability to walk was somewhat reduced so um, I've been under very strict instructions to not do an awful lot of moving about since since Wednesday and uh, I haven't wanted to because I've been in so much pain but yesterday I think I was crawling the walls so I insisted that we, we go out for lunch we went to a, a fairly posh pub round the corner because I said, well, you know, I, I couldn't really enjoy a meal out for my birthday as I hadn't got the appetite, but my appetite is returning. So let's just go to this lovely posh pub and enjoy the lovely posh food. And that was great. Uh, we, we managed to sort of like walk from the car park to the pub and sat and had um, nice food. And we laughed at the art on the walls because there was like three stamps on one of the walls and with like giant first class stamps and I'm not even sure that would be sufficient to post it to be honest and another of the walls I noticed there were some black and white photographs of birds including a kingfisher you know arguably Britain's most colourful bird well done photographer black and white really suits a kingfisher but um you know when you, there is the problem with going out to pubs is that you often you have to sit next to members of the public and sometimes members of the public are not great members of the public are they and we were sitting next to this family who were with a, a, a sweet little elderly lady, but they all lived in London and we gathered that they rented in London, but they owned a house in the Dordoin, in the Dordoin. Oh my God, they were posh. I mean, I, I, I do feel a little bit of the rising of the hackles with, when it comes to really, really posh people. For, just because I'm prejudiced against really posh people. For no good reason, because I'm not one of them. I know I'd love I'd love your money, but I haven't got it. <laughs> also, I just I think because they were talking about an area of France where I've been with my mom, and we we got surrounded by a lot of posh people in the Dordoin, which we pronounce Dordoin. <laughs> and um, I remember like my mom feeling very sort of like stared at by some of the posh British people in the Dordogne. The French people are lovely, but the, there's the posh British people who've basically taken over the Dordogne, who were not quite so nice to me and my family. But anyway, I love France. I don't know what it is about France and Italy that posh British people think that that's their country 
and poor British people should just have Spain. <laughs> really, really bad. Everyone's stuffed with Brexit. Incidentally, this posh people, I really suspect that they did vote for Brexit because they were they, they were there discussing um, the health care of their, their, their frail mother. And um, she says, well, I've seen my GP. And they all start shouting over and talking over. It's like, oh, no, no, no. You get referred by your GP. You, we need to find you somewhere, somewhere, somewhere lovely, a lovely private medicine. You don't want to go NHS because they'll be, you know, you'll be that NHS doctor will have to look after 80 people. And I was like, what? They've got no idea how the system works. Your NHS doctor is the same as your private doctor in most cases. It's just that you can use your private insurance to skip a bit of the queue to see the same person. They are still going to have to see the same number of people a week. It's not that they've got less to look at. It's just that you are skipping the queue a bit. You arrogant wankers. And I think I am particularly roiled by the attitude because I've just been to hospital and it was through the NHS and they have got targets which they met and they were excellent. And everything about my stay in hospital was, was brilliant. From my, from my GPs who referred me and showed absolute care and concern over me to the surgeon who treated me, to the other gynaecologists who assessed me, to the nursing staff who took care of me, to the catering staff who came and made sure I got plenty of peppermint tea. Because peppermint tea is awesome and very good for you. So, Yaboo sucks to you, posh wankers. But I hope your mum's okay. Incidentally, if you do want more of an idea of the way the whole thing works and some of the things that can go right, some of the things that can go wrong, I can heartily recommend to you Adam Kay's book, This Is Going To Hurt. Or, or go and see him when he's touring near you and talking about the book, because I'm sure he'll have it for sale there as well. That There is so much information and insight and joy and pain and laughter in that book. One of my favourite reads of 2018. Adam Kay is now a comedian and writer, but he started out as a doctor in the NHS and he specialised in obstinguiny, so very much the area of medicine that I have just had so much experience of. So very much a recommended read there. And I've got more wonderful things to recommend to you. So this week, my friend Neil Bainan has released his book, The Scarred God, and I had absolute pleasure and privilege of being an early reader and advisor and helping him sort of like develop that, that book. It's really, really good. The BSFA award-winning novelist Gareth L. Powell, another friend of mine, has described Neil as quite possibly your next favourite fantasy author. And so if you're interested in The Scar God, it is about Anya who uh, is a warrior. Her village gets raided by the forces of the corrupt, scarred god. Now, Anya is, of course, a great heroine and she's very feisty, but it, she teams up with some fantastic companions to help her in a quest to save her, her society. And if you're a fan of the classics and, you know, the, the stories of the underworld, I think this story is going to really, really appeal to you. It's very good, full of magic and very inventive tellings of the stories of the gods. 
Also at the moment I'm reading my friend Kim Lakin-Smith's next novel. It's not out yet but it is available to pre-order and it's from New Compress and the name is Rise and it is just the story for our times, I can tell you that. So it is about a heroine called Carly Titian who is a pilot, soldier and engineer but a member of a very very privileged family and she commits crimes against the state so she's forced to go to a prison camp where she must somehow survive amongst her inmates who are principally the very and that is a race that she has been raised to hate and to kill but she finds you know some some common humanity with them and it's really really good especially you know in these these kind of stark times that we're in these stark political times it's a very good examination about othering and fantastic storytelling action scenes and of course kim's beautiful language she's one of the best writers of science fiction out there i think so kim just happens to be one of the best writers i know she's fantastic and i'm so happy for her this week because this week she got to ring the bell at hospital for her final treatment of chemo yay kim wishing you all the best love you kim so this week, because I've been doing an awful lot of sitting down, it's definitely been the week for getting literary stuff done. So I have finalised my judging at judging decisions in both the James White Award and the British Fantasy Award. What a brilliant week for doing reading and all the things in the shortlists were amazing. Yeah, so I've been giving more weight to the sort of literary side of my creative life rather than the comedic side of my creative life. As Terry Pratchett once said, writing is a nice indoor job with no heavy lifting. And heavy lifting is precisely the thing that I should not be doing at the moment. I mean, I've got a big bag of marrows in the kitchen that's been sitting there for a few days, but I can't lift them. <laughs> I am Maradona. Donna with the marrows. I've also put a plan together for the Arts Lab anthology and what I'm going to do with um, the editing and writing workshops that I've got planned and when we, when we can do that. So I'm just waiting to hear back from my fellow arts lab people whether or not they approve and then you should be seeing me post a notice about that very shortly i'm mainly looking for local writers to contribute to that or people who've been involved with arts lab so that it's very much a sort of like arts lab type project we have this rather unique sort of membership option where you can come to all our meetings and then if you feel that you want to join us we ask you to supply us with a button and then hopefully we're going to make the buttons into a lovely button bouquet or something like that. We're very arty. We've done all sorts of things at the Arts Lab, from making magazines to plays to poetry nights to stand-up comedy and sketch shows. We've got all sorts of things going on. And also, like I mentioned last week, I have had the artwork through as well for the next instalment of the Best of British Science Fiction. So that'll be the Best of British Science Fiction 2019. So I can use my time while I'm sitting here looking for more stories. I'm going to have a go at sort of like seeking them out myself first like I normally do. And then I will ask for some submissions to come in and, and uh, yeah we'll start building the anthology for next year. Very exciting stuff. I've also just seen a review. I'm not going to tell you what it is or where it is, but it's really positive. So that's, that's just filled my heart with joy this morning. I'll be able to tell you where that is next week. A not so good thing about having to sit down a lot this week, though, has been that I've not been able to add my 
presence to some of the demonstrations that have been going on around the country. You know, with regards to the whole proroguing of Parliament. Yeah, a lot of us didn't use that word. We've been bandying about the word prorogue quite a bit, haven't we? All of a sudden we're really huge fans of the Star Wars franchise. Because there is a film called Rogue One, but a lot of people don't like that. Because to them there is only one rogue in Star Wars and that is Han Solo. Not me, I flipping love Jyn Erso. I mean, I love all kinds of Jyn. You'll hear a lot of the Brexiteers going, oh, but proroguing is normal. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's very normal. But the thing is, we can Google. <laughs> so we know that five weeks is not normal. Now, even for conference season, we love your use of excuses, but it's just stupid. <laughs> I did like how Jacob Rees-Mogg was explaining on the Radio 4 Today programme just how the Queen has... Is basically just a, a library stamp of approval on whatever it was he, he posted in front of her. She can only say approved. There's nothing else she can do. She is really, really stuck. So he explained that. And then uh, he was asked, well, uh, what about, you know, dissenting voices? And he said something like, Jeremy Corbyn can't go and see her. If he wants to go and see her, he has to go. He has to win an election. Well, that's not true. Any member of the Privy Council can go and see the Queen. They just have to arrange an appointment and go, and then they can they can advise her. Thing is, the Privy Council is not just a few people. There are like three hundred people in the Privy Council, and if you look at it alphabetically, Diane Abbott comes first. Yes, so there's definitely not Jacob Rees-Mogg type voices allowed to go and see the Queen. Yes, all the memes going around about the Queen telling Boris Johnson can he sort of like do something to distract from the situation with Prince Andrew and his association with Jeffrey Epstein. Yes, it's funny, but you have to like remember this 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 is not what actually happened. There are some people who think that that might actually be happening where like the Queen has asked Boris Johnson to take the heat off her son. That's just no. <laughs> it's not my job to educate you guys, but just go and look up things like the Glorious Revolution, the reign of Queen Victoria, the reign of George III. Watch the first two seasons of The Crown. Watch The King's Speech. I mean, that's on iPlayer. It's really, really good. We'll give you an idea about what it means for us to have a constitutional monarch and the powers that the reigning monarch would have over the state, which is none, and what we would need them to do for us, which is loads. Then you have Tony Blair, who has been saying just because Boris Johnson has been threatening to deselect MPs if they disobey him, that Jeremy Corbyn still calling for a general election is wrong and it's an elephant trap. So I looked at what an elephant trap is and it is a, it is a chess term. In chess, the elephant trap is a faulty attempt by White to win a pawn in a popular variation of the Queen's Gambit. So, yeah, it is the Queen after all. That's how the Queen's involved. Learning chess. It just shows I know nothing. If I thought an elephant trap just involved a really big piece of cheese. So what else have I been doing? So I have been watching the, the Dave Chappelle special on Netflix as well. And I know a lot of my friends have been offering their opinions as to whether or not it's good or not good or controversial or not controversial. It's not my cup of tea. Dave Chappelle is, in my opinion, and this is controversial, 
not the best comedian out there. If you want to see good good comedy on Netflix, I mean, James Acaster's got four specials on there. You've got Catherine Ryan on there. You've got Ali Wong. Um, I must say, a lot of American comics just leave me cold because they just try to do the edgelord stuff and they pick on groups that are not them and it's really punching down comedy. Uh, I don't necessarily think that you should avoid topics uh, even if you are you have no experience of, of that lived experience I think we all, we can all offer have opinions uh, you've, you've heard me today on my podcast I am very judgmental when it comes to um, people <laughs> but um, I would I very much hope that I'm not somebody who would ever punch down in my comedy and I try not to and anyway, I try not to be cruel I'd really try not to be cruel in my comedy. So my controversial take on Dave Chappelle and Dave Chappelle's comedy is, quite frankly, the best thing he ever did was You've Got Mail. Yeah, in which he's he's the token friend. He does nothing. He's hardly in it. Yeah, that's the best thing Dave Chappelle did. Because he's not my, it's not my cup of tea. And a lot of my friends who are comedians who perhaps do skirt in the sort of like edgy area of comedy. I'm not saying you're edgy comedians, guys. I'm just saying it's more your realm. You like Dave Chappelle and you sing his praises. I've got to say to you guys, you are, you, I, I think you are better than he is. You, you work the jokes better than he does. Seriously, you are, you are fan, you're better. You're much better than Dave Chappelle. Honestly, no, you think he's a master. He's not. You're, you're working it properly. Because basically, I think American comedians, they don't have to work that hard. British comedians, they've got to work really, really hard because there's all kinds of attitude in that room. All kinds of attitude. You, if you can make a whole room laugh, like you guys, you UK comedians guys, you know, you've, you've got something a lot better than Dave Chappelle. I just have a look at the people. Look at the faces in his front row. There are some seriously... People go, oh no, I'm on TV watching this guy. What have I done? <laughs> the faces are much funnier <laughs> than anything he says. <laughs> but seriously, transphobia is not cool. And I have unfriended very quietly and unceremoniously some people this week because they started getting a little bit transphobic on their timeline. And it's not good with me. I've got, I've got lots of trans friends. And, but you know world is getting bleak so we've all got to look out for each other haven't we so i'm going to end my podcast with something lovely and positive and i'm going to recommend a lovely comedy uh, to you so i want to say happy birthday to darren harriet who turned 31 yesterday and he had a radio 4 series recently uh, which is available on sounds uh, your bbc sounds app uh, called black label and i listened to it in its entirety the other day as I had my first bath post-op yeah I'd, I waited two weeks because of my dressings and things I was told not to have a bath but like I said to him I was then able to literally see my side splitting so it's really really funny very insightful and yeah I can heartily recommend that so each episode is only 15 minutes long so you can listen to the whole series in an hour and it's very very funny and full of insight and pathos and it's sterling job darren well done 
So you have been listening to the Lemonade Budget for Champagne Social Butterflies, an aspirational podcast for hopeless people. And this week, I think we'll take our aspirational cue from the wonderful Kim Lakin-Smith. Well done to you for ringing that bell this week. And everyone go out and buy Rise. It's immense. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. This is Donna Scott signing out.